Spoken Word, half an hour of poetry and performance, your connection to Melbourne's grassroots poetry scene, the voice of those of us who have nothing but our voices. Welcome to the Spoken Word program on Community Radio 3CR. My name is Brendan Bonsack. 3CR is proud to broadcast from Wawandri land of the Kulin Nation, and we pay our respects to elders past, present, and into the future. On today's program, I am joined by a person known to many in the spoken word community for the warmth and the charm that he brings to every gig he attends, and that person is Owale. Owale is a multilingual poet and storyteller, originally from Somalia, and recently migrated to Melbourne. Here he is performing possibly his most requested poem. غاضب حانق ممتعظ من لص وضيع المقام أتيت بيت الله طائعا أرجو الغفران أريد السلام لكنه أتى جائعا مترصدا لنعال خلق الله الكرام ويحك يا هذا ويحك ويحك يا هذا ويحك يا جبان يا لئيم اللئام لو علمت ممن سرقت لآتيت طالبا الاستسلام ولما هنئت بنومة أو لقمة ولطار من عينيك المنام أمهلك ثلاثا يا جبان أعد جزمة الرهين بسلام أعدها وأنت في أمان وسأسامحك بشيم الكرام وإلا طارتك في كل مكان ورأيتني شبحا في الأحلام وبعد الثلاث ما يفكني منك أحد ولو كان الإمام لا تحسبني أمزح يا جبان مو مثلي يمزح ويا الآم أكررها رجعها ولك الأمان وكل شيء يبقى تمام التمام Thank you, Awale, and thank you for being on the show. You're welcome. Thank you for having me here. For the benefit of all the non-Arabic speakers out there, we'll come back to that piece and hear an English translation. But for now, I invite you to just hold the beautiful sounds in your head. Can you remember how you first got into poetry? I used to read a lot of poetry back when I used to live in Saudi Arabia and the Middle East. So it was all Arabic, uh, especially the standard Arabic and... Um, my first poem was uh, right about uh, uh, what happened uh, in Iraq. And that day when Baghdad had fallen, uh, actually that prompted me to go in the city and just have a walk. And uh, from there, I wrote something just to say to Baghdad, we are sorry that we let you down and uh, we let all this injustice happen to the people of Iraq. So that was my first poem. That's, that's how I started writing. So, and since then, I kept writing in Arabic. Um, until I moved here, and then I started also doing the English. Uh, uh, I, I converted like to English part. Uh, since you have like uh, an eye for poetry or a certain type of art, if you move to another country or another uh, environment, you would like to search about uh, what's going on in that scene, that environment. So even before I moved to Melbourne three years ago, I used to look up on YouTube and see... Uh, what's going on in the poetry scene in Melbourne and uh, in Australia in general. And I came across Melbourne Spoken World on YouTube. The first piece I've seen was uh, Ivan Nook, yes, yes. <laughs> His piece about uh, being like foreign and uh, it was really great. And I've seen also Amal Ibrahim, I've seen other people and um, it was really amazing. And uh, I came to Melbourne and I saw all those people live. Came from, I came friends with them. I saw Benjamin Sola, who is the creator or uh, the father of uh, this uh, movement, Melbourne Spoken World, and it's a lovely community here. So I kept on coming, uh, 
and just watching. At first, I came just to watch and listen and learn. It was quite different to the Arabic uh, uh, poetry that I used to like here in my life. So I kept. Uh, it was interesting hearing people's stories and vulnerability and their bravery in standing in front of a crowd and sharing their stories. And um, yeah, I said, why not? I'm, I might be able maybe to translate some of my poetry into English and then share that translation with, with the audience. The first time I've written a poem in English was uh, September 2017. It was a breakup poem. <laughs> you remember the, the date yeah, exactly? Yeah, <laughs> remember the date. <laughs> it was actually 14th of September. Can you <laughs> remember the time? Uh, it was around uh, <laughs> 2 p.m. Uh, the State Library. <laughs> it was a breakup poem with someone. It was a love poem. And so love prompted me to write, uh, to start writing in English. Is it really different writing in English as opposed to Arabic? Uh, in Arabic, uh, the rules used to be, uh, as I understand, more uh, strict with, uh, with the rhyming and everything. So uh, I had to follow certain rules in Arabic. So since I like was really great in Arabic, or still great in Arabic, uh, my great like my writing ability is very great in Arabic. But since uh, I learned only in English since I turned 19 years of age, so uh, it's my third language. It's first, I speak Somali, then Arabic, then I learned English. So. Uh, I'm still like, I have so much inside that I wanted to describe, and but sometimes, you know, uh, I can't use the metaphors or all the uh, like high technical language like uh, other poets are using who are like, we're lucky to be born in uh, the English speaking country. But at the same time, I try to keep it simple and uh, maybe it doesn't have to rhyme sometimes, uh, it doesn't have to be in a certain way. But uh, if I have a uh, subject or a topic in mind, and uh, the most important thing is to express my feelings and uh, and uh, try to convey it in a clever way to the audience. So that that's my main goal. And I use poetry uh, just to aid my storytelling. Actually, <laughs> this is how I started because uh, we are as Somalis, we are, we are naturally a storyteller nation. Uh, we grow up, uh, since I was young, I used to listen to my grandma's uh, stories and uh, at night time and my mom's stories. So all of us are natural storytellers in general and uh, transforming this uh, skill set to another language, to another community. Uh, that's how I used it. And I use poetry as part of my storytelling. So that's how I put it. Mm. As a child, I remember uh, it was beautiful. It was like magical, and uh, we used to, I used to be like uh, play with my brother and my neighbors, and we used to fight over silly stuff. Uh, I used to fight with the kids in the block, <laughs> uh, in the school. Um, Were you in a city or? A we, I was in the city, yeah, in the capital city of the north, called uh, named Hargeisa. Uh, I used to remember my dad wasn't living with us at the moment and at the time, and uh, he lived in Saudi Arabia, so. Sometimes he used to come at uh, the summertime to visit us, and uh, at times I didn't even remember him. So I said, uh, I'm the man of the house, what are you doing here? <laughs> Until I get smacked, so and then I have to run away and uh, cry on my own. I, I didn't like uh, to cry in front of my dad or my mom. So, and at Fridays, we used to go to my grandfather to eat dinner, and it was really lovely until the war started. So, uh, and then we became refugees and we had to leave the city. And uh, in a war type of thing, um, as a child, 
you see things differently and not uh, and you experience different than, than adults the adult mind is different they know what's happening that uh, this is death is all that i was a child i didn't know what death uh, meant at that time and once we were leaving the city for example i've seen a lot of people dead on the ground uh, i didn't know they were dead i thought they were sleeping so i asked my mom uh, why are all those people sleeping on the ground uh, why they don't go to their homes and sleep there didn't she, and she didn't know what to answer so this is the mentality of a child is different on a perspective uh, yeah yeah this piece i called it uh, life is a masterpiece uh, life is a masterpiece and pain is part of it you cannot see the full picture until you live through it let me tell you a story of a little boy back in summer 1988 once upon a time there was a boy who lived with his family in a beautiful city in east africa he was full of laughter and joy. People treated each other with respect and dignity. Until one day, until one day greed poisoned men's soul. War started. Rebels moved into the city and government retaliated with full force. And as always, innocent people pay the price. Moment one. Hide under the bed. Come on, hurry up. Rockets are flying. Bullets are getting louder and louder, said my auntie. You know, auntie. I've tried it once, hiding under the bed. I don't get it. Why does it matter? If a rocket hits the room, we are doomed either way. So I run out of, uh, out of the house in the front yard, and as I look up the sky, I see a rocket passing by. I rip off my tiny t-shirt, beating on my little chest, screaming. I'm not scared. Come on, hit me. I'm not hiding under the bed. I am not hiding under the bed. So that was moment one. There are other moments where I talk about uh, uh, other moments in the war. And uh, I finish up with, uh, uh, with the lessons that I learned from these moments. So it's not just sharing or uh, looking for sympathy from the audience or from the people who are listening. I'm just letting them know that in each uh, painful experience, there is a lesson to be learned and a story to be told. Although I've been through war, through so many things, and but this didn't teach me hate. Instead, it taught me to be more inclusive, to love people, to love life, and wish well for others, and uh, uh, actually appreciate every uh, human and every uh, life being in, on this planet uh, we are part on. You're listening to 3CR 855 AM, the voice of the community. 3CR, community radio, giving the voice to the community since 1976. You are listening to Spoken Word on Community Radio 3CR 855 AM. My name is Brendan Bonsack, and my guest today is Owale. This poem uh, was actually inspired by the, the unfair treatment for media, especially Channel 7 with uh, African youth in Australia. And uh, there was a protest or rally against Channel 7, uh, maybe last year. Oh, I was part of that rally and... Um, once I came back from the rally, I was uh, I was inspired to write a poem, and also it was inspired by Peter Dutton uh, when he said like people are not safe in Melbourne, going out having dinner where there is an African gang problem. So I had to write something in response to that. Well, that's clearly not true, is it? Yeah, it's not true. I, yeah. I remember. <laughs> yeah. I remember when Peter Dutton yeah. said those things, and I, you know, I lived in Melbourne. Yeah. Uh, 
nobody in Melbourne is mm. saying that. <laughs> Where is this coming from? Mm. And I remember like uh, there is a minister, he has been asked, uh, do you think there is a problem in Melbourne? Like, uh, do you go out for dinner? No. He said, yeah, why? Is there anything? He said, about your policy. I said, yes, can we re- repeat again? Like, <laughs> can you repeat the question? <laughs> that was Christopher Pine. Yeah, yeah, yeah I remember that, out. yeah. He didn't read the memo. Yeah, I did read the memo. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the poem. Uh, they defied us by fear. They control us with fear. The government and the media. Stereotyping black youth. Gangs and crimes. Gangs and crimes. I'm sick of it. Do you want to know the truth? Do you? Really? All right. Let's stop the BS for a second. And look at me. What do you see? No, no, stop. You are lazy. You are not looking right. Look again. This time, what do you see? Look me in the eye. Look at my soul, not my skin. What do you see? Do you see a black man? An African gang? Do you hear in your mind, bang, bang? Trumbull says, I'm a stranger. Dutton claims, I'm a danger. You cannot dine out because of me. Ask yourself, do you know me? Her or even him, do you know us? Don't dim your mind and think for yourself. Get to know me. You want to know me better? Come on, let's have dinner. See beyond race and color. See my character, what I can do, my talents. Although I'm dark and proud, but I am much more. Much, much more. Let us give each other a chance. A chance at life, hopes and dreams, a fair go at employment and education, friendship and love. Let's not fall into the trap. Instead, let's cheer and clap and dance and dab. Spread love and peace. Love is the answer, not fear nor hate. We know better than our own state. Enough is enough. Enough is enough. We are not disposable pawns in your little political games. We are humans just like you. So let's remember, remember, the 5th of November, the end of December, the love and the tender. And also remember, we are all you, you, him, her, they, them, me. We are all one race, the human race. Do you, have you experienced racism in Melbourne yourself? Uh, I've experienced more, much more racism, actually, where I used to live back in the Middle East in Saudi Arabia. Just as growing up as a different like a different color like because I'm black so actually when I came from Africa I used to think everyone in the like on earth are black or humans are black that was my belief when I was a young child so the first day I went to school all the kids are wearing white garment and uh, and my dad asked me when I came back to, from school he said my son is there anything missing I said uh, everything is fine dad thank you I'm just missing the white mask I thought the wise mask is part of the school uniform where kids putting them on because <laughs> I saw myself different. And we will kept reminding that, That's in Saudi Arabia. In Saudi Arabia, yeah. yes, yes, in Saudi Arabia. And since then, there is a lot of uh, systematic racism. Like I usually say, I, I, can, I can deal with individual uh, racism with prejudice from an individual. That's fine. Uh, that's something I could deal with. But I can't deal with if it comes from the government. If it is the law, then I'm, I have to rebel against the law. If it's on individual level, it's something I could deal with because I've seen much more. And I uh, I choose to look at the positive part and not let the negative affect me as a person. In Melbourne, I haven't seen much racism actually against me in particular. Maybe once or twice there was an... Um, only one time I went to this event, the woman at the door, uh, she's, uh, she stamped, you know, you put the stamp on your hand. And then she put the stamp on my hand, and then she said, oh, oh, well, anyway, no one will see it anyway, so. 
I said, no, that's not a joke for you to make. It's for me to make. I can make fun of myself, but you cannot make <laughs> fun of me. And then I reported her to her manager. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, uh, look, I'm, I don't appreciate what she has, uh, what she's saying. Yeah. It happens all the time. There are things that are happening that I, c- I don't experience. That doesn't mean it's not there. It is there. People are experiencing it. Uh, they are experiencing um, racism. And it, sometimes it could be a subtle racism, not spoken. If it's in my face, I will have to say something. If you confront me with racism, I will not stay silent. But of course, as you say, this systemic racism Systemic racism, yeah, something I can't tolerate. That's the thing, I, ca- I can't stand silent. Do you think Australia is complacent about systemic racism? Uh, later on, actually, I came to know about uh, the Aboriginal struggle and uh, uh, the country here even that doesn't have a treaty with the, its uh, indigenous people and... Uh, uh, so until that problem has been solved, I don't think uh, we could solve racism or uh, any other or refugee issues, actually. So this is the basic thing. Uh, came to a country, at least you have to acknowledge the traditional owners. We need to sign a treaty, like what's happening, especially at least what's going on with New Zealand. It's a better, like, uh, better version, actually. Yeah. The 3CR Radiothon is fast approaching. And this year, we're asking you to power Radical Radio. That's right. It's with your support that we're able to be independent, community-controlled and focused on people rather than profits. Your support during Radiothon powers the station to give voice to hundreds of people and issues for another year. And remember, any amount you can afford makes a big difference and all donations over $2 are tax-deductible. 3CR Radiothon 2019 June the 3rd to the 16th Power Radical Radio Welcome back to 3CR Community Radio 855am My name is Brendan Bonsack and my guest today is Owale Okay, this one was uh, I've written it last week uh, in Queenscliff It was a very inspiring place What were you doing in Queenscliff? Uh, I was invited to be part of a festival, an art festival with uh, 30 other artists. So they asked me to uh, to share some of my poems in there and also uh, tell my, some of my stories. It was really refreshing. And uh, I told them of an idea of a storytelling event. I usually I attend the month, monthly, and it's uh, one of those nice events where they put a theme and uh, based on the theme you have five minutes to tell a story and then uh, they decided to go with my idea I didn't know they decided that until I arrived there they said oh tonight by the way you are also organizing uh, a storytelling event (laughs) okay I I wasn't prepared Uh, I didn't know what to do so uh, I I quickly organized myself I used my hat my actual hat actually to put the names of the participants to so that someone will pick uh, the name, the first name, and then the participant gets to pick who's next. And they all have five minutes. I gave them a few different themes. I said, okay, you can tell any story you want. It's really like, it's really touching. Like you could hear so many stories. And even some of the audience, they didn't even have the, they were scared to share their stories uh, for the audience. And one of them actually came to me afterwards and uh, asked me to sit down. And uh, and she shared with me like for half an hour. She She offered me a coffee. And she shared me stories of, uh, she used to house international students in Melbourne. 
So she shared stories from them and uh, how she thinks like uh, for her taking care of other people's kids uh, that her kid also in return when they traveled uh, overseas some strangers took care of them in return. So she would like to think it's like a repayment of uh, her goodwill and what she has done. And she told the story so beautifully and yeah, I ha- really had an amazing time in Queenscliff. And I, there was a poetry workshop with uh, an Irish poet, his name is Patrick, and uh, Idil. Idil also, she's a local uh, Somali poet in Melbourne. So we did the workshop together. I didn't even knew I was uh, co-hosting the workshop, so <laughs> it was all a surprise to me. But I, I did it and it was nice. And Patrick asked us to write uh, a poem about either home or loss. So uh, this is what I came up with. Home. All my life I was in a quest to find happiness, to be complete and content, to find home and stay there forever. I move from a place to another. I have few different homes. Which one is mine? Somalia, my motherland, Arabia where I grew up, or here where I live? I can't seem to belong fully. I will be a stranger all my life, everywhere I go, everywhere I land. Maybe I'll find home in the people that I love. Maybe home isn't a place. Maybe it's a person. Or maybe it's something called love. Something tells me, find love and you'll find home. You go to a lot of open mics in yeah. Melbourne. Do you have a favourite? My favourite was uh, Miss Millie's in Afrohab. Uh, it was really good. Uh, the first Saturday of every month uh, where Miss Millie's brings... Uh, her delicious cakes that was one of the I, I go for the poetry but also the cake was very nice <laughs> many times I told her like you could open a pastry and uh, we would, would love to come there and eat all the types of cakes that you bring this would be my, really my favourite yeah very if you're listening Jay we want it back yeah we want it back we, the public has spoken we demand it back <laughs> yeah. when you were in Saudi Arabia mm-hmm. did they have poetry events there? No, unfortunately, there are like uh, the the poetry scene was uh, almost dead actually, and since I came to Melbourne, I've seen everything you are interested in. There is a an event every weekend, every day of the week. You could go to so many events, so many things, and really, this has opened my mind and I learned a lot of experiences. I met a lot of people, and so I really vibe well with Melbourne and its scene. Yeah. Do you think it's really important for people to share their stories? It is very important. I I, I always say uh, in every one of us there is a storyteller. There is a story that's worth uh, worth to be heard, and it's very important to share uh, each other's stories so we could see uh, life from different perspective. So we don't be so close-minded. Uh, once I see your struggle, we are always like we'd be so surprised at the common things we have uh, with each other. We came from different backgrounds, different cultural backgrounds. Uh, we speak different languages sometimes, but we all have the same struggle. Every mom has the same love for her kids. So all of us have the same dreams, same reality. Uh, if we see each other's stories or listen to each other's stories and see through each other's eyes, you would understand more where they're coming from or their struggle. And this will build more inclusive society or uh, people who could uh, live more happily together. Yeah. I really have uh, this appreciation for people who have uh, 
who keep art alive and uh, art is the, is a form of uh, uh, keeping our imagination and our curiosity as children when once we were ch- children we are full of dreams big dreams and uh, imagination and curiosity and once people grow up they try to forget that and uh, society tries to make us more practical and uh, uh, forget all that uh, nonsense as they call it uh, so I hold the most out respect uh, for people who are poets, who are dancers, who are uh, painters, uh, uh, any form of uh, art, really. So this is uh, just an appreciation for them. Uh, I'm sending my love to the creative, to the poets who speak magic, to the painters whose art silently speak, to the dancers who swiftly move, to the musicians, magicians, and artists on the streets. To the spectators who enjoy the show, you make life more beautiful, fun, interesting, and colorful. You channel the inner child in all of us, that child that knew nothing but love and dreams. Your heart, still pure, uncorrupted by society. Maybe you did not grow up or wake up to the harsh reality. I applaud you for fighting for all of us, for trying to save the child in all of us. You are my heroes, my champions. For a champion is always fighting for the underdog, for he or she sees beauty even in the midst of humanity's downfall. You are the hope keepers, knowledge seekers, future leaders. Thank you for guarding the flame, for passing the light, for keeping the hope alive. Thank you. Well, we are just about out of time on Spoken Word today, so as promised, here is the English version of the poem read in Arabic at the top of the show. Seems a lot of people like it and found it hilarious. I didn't find it hilarious the, the time it happened. Uh, ten years ago, uh, I was in a mosque in Somalia. I shined my shoes before going to the mosque, and I came out from the mosque, and uh, there was no trace of from, uh, of my shoes. I only f- found an old pair of shoes, uh, every pair in a, in a place. So this guy he took his own per- uh, precaution. Uh, so other people they don't steal his shoes, his old shoes. <laughs> But he took mine, it was a shiny one. So I had to walk home angry and uh, really frustrated. And I went to my room and I dealt with it the only way that I know how to deal with it. Uh, I taking a pen and paper and I wrote it in Arabic. This is the English version of the stony shoes. Enraged, furious and angry with a low-life thief, I came to the house of God looking for forgiveness, wanting peace. But he came looking for something else. Looking for shiny shoes to call his own. Damn you, thief. Shame on you. If you only knew whom you have stolen from. You would have come asking to surrender. You wouldn't enjoy your food or sleep. You have three days. You have three days to return what you have stolen. You cowardly bastard. Otherwise, I will hunt you everywhere. And you will see me as a ghost in your dreams. I demand. I demand the safe return of my hostage shoes. Retain them. And you will be spared, and I will forgive you with my kindness and loving heart. But after the three days, no one can save you, even the imam of the mosque. Do not ever think I'm kidding, you coward. A man like me do not joke around with thieves. I repeat, retain them, and you will be spared, and everything will be perfectly fine. Retain my shiny shoes and save your life. Thank you. (laughs) Actually, I waited three days after that notice, and he didn't show up, and... I had to forgive him. I have to forgive him after seven years. I can't hold grudges anymore. So no, seven ha- years. Ha- yeah, it's too seven long. Seven years <laughs> is a long time. 
but but now at least uh, I'm clearly careful with my shoes. Whenever I go, I keep a an, an, uh, close eye on my shoes. So it never happened again. I never will, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you very much for coming along today. Uh, you are welcome. Thank you very much for having me here. It was a pleasure. Well, that's all we have time for this week. Please tune in every week at 9 o'clock Thursday morning, 855 on your AM dial, digital radio, or streamed from 3cr.org.au. You can also download podcasts of the program from our website or your favourite podcasting app. For information on the many things happening in the spoken word world, visit www.melbournespokenword.com. And remember to keep Thursday 23rd of May free in your social calendar because 3CR Spoken Word are hosting a special live Radiothon fundraiser gig featuring four of the city's finest poets at Bar 303 in Northgate. Visit the Spoken Word page via 3cr.org.au for details or check out our Facebook group page. Hi, I'm Brendan Bonsack. Thank you for listening. (laughs) 